Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 6.13 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's the 28th of January, 2021, and this is episode 355 of Bitcoin. And it was a fun day yesterday, wasn't it? I had fun, and I'm going to be having fun today and probably tomorrow and God knows through the weekend. The GameStop saga continues, and I've got stuff on that because it's it's too interesting not to talk about. And of course, it's related to Bitcoin. I mean, the, the, the narratives that are already being spun up around GameStop and uh, meme stocks and Bitcoin are getting getting thick, honestly. And we're going to so I'm going to be covering that this whole GameStop and the Wall Street bets, guys, uh, because honestly, it's going to be important going forward. Uh, we're seeing, a, I mean, we've had a breakdown in trust, but this seems to be the first salvo of that breakdown in trust making itself manifest into just sheer anger and kinetic action. And the kinetic action here was literally buying, longing that which was shorted to the tune of billions of dollars that just got Melvin Capital freaking wrecked, right? <clears throat> so we'll get into that. There's some more news about the Wall Street Bets guys. We'll get in, like I said, we'll get into that. But first of all, we've got this one up from CoinDesk, and this was written by Danny Nelson. It's not, it's not long. Uh, Blockstream buys $25 million worth of Bitcoin mining machines from MicroBT. Again, not from Bitmain, but from MicroBT. I think that Bitmain is going to be a end up being a very small player because they fucked around and found out is what essentially occurred. Even though Jihan Wu, you know, basically officially left yesterday, um, it's not going to matter. The damage is already done to their company and screw them. They were bad players. Uh, they were not, they were not firmly in the Bitcoin camp. Micro BT seems to be, uh, a very solid set of machines uh, good production facilities and somewhat dependable delivery schedules. So people like Blockstream are going to micro BT. You know, let's find out what exactly it is that they did. Bitcoin technology company Blockstream said it bought $25 million worth of mining machines from micro BT to expand its mi- <clears throat> mining operations. The machines are to be deployed through Blockstream's facilities in Canada and the United States. When the company expects to receive its ASICs was not specified. In 2019, Blockstream launched Blockstream Pool and announced that it had been previously mining for a select few high-profile clients like Fidelity. Blockstream has over 300 megawatts in mining capacity available, said CEO Adam Back in a statement, quote, we'll continue to grow aggressively throughout the year. And that's really all we know at this point. So, <clears throat> you know, if you, in case you did forget that Blockstream was in the mining game, well, Blockstream is in the mining game. 
And it probably won't be long until Miami, the city of, decides to start mining because they're already hosting the white paper on their municipal website. Nick Chong has this one today from BTC Times. Miami mayor hosts Bitcoin white paper on the municipal website. In a testament to his support for Bitcoin, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez announced on Wednesday that the Miami Municipal webpage now hosts the Bitcoin white paper. Quote, the city of Miami believes in Bitcoin and I'm working day and night to turn Miami into a hub for crypto innovation. Proud to say Miami is the first municipal government to host Satoshi's white paper on a government site. This comes shortly after Congressman Patrick McHenry, which I talked about yesterday, made a similar move posting the white paper on the website of the House of Representatives website. The two are among the two most prominent Bitcoin supporters in the American or in American public office. The last few days have seen many host the white paper on their website following a series of legal threats issued by Craig Wright against Bitcoin.org and BitcoinCore.org as Wright sought to pressure the sites into taking down the white paper, insisting that he owned the copyright to the white paper as well as the aforementioned domain names. With this decision to support the Bitcoin community, Suarez, sorry, Suarez uh, further cements his involvement in the space. Gemini co-founders Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss sat down with Suarez earlier this month to chat about Bitcoin and what Miami can do to cater to the market. The Miami mayor had previously hinted that he was open to allocating some of Miami's balance sheet to Bitcoin following the paths of MicroStrategy and other corporations. When asked about this plan in an interview with Fox Business, Suarez mentioned Bitcoin's strong price appreciation against the U.S. dollar over time as a reason that he should make the allocation. Now, <clears throat> the actual statement that the Miami made in that interview was, oh, it was just, it was a thing of beauty. I mean, essentially, Francis basically echoed what we already know, but he he made a sentence, and I can't find it right now, but he formed this sentence that basically just was like a mic drop. He basically said, because we all know that there's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoin, and as more and more municipalities and other entities buy it, what do you think is going to happen to the price? And it's like, holy crap, dude. He just, I mean, right then and there, honestly, that's all, all that needed to be said. So he gets it. I mean, the Miami mayor, Francis Suarez, really does kind of understand this stuff, at least so far, but with the Winklevide talking into his ear, it's going to be hard uh, for him not to become a shit coiner. So we've all got to send Francis our, our energy and messages basically saying, you know, if you really, if you really want to be on, on the right side of this, uh, shit coinery is not the way you need to be going for your municipality. Uh, and we see this happening in other places, other, you know, people divesting themselves of dirty ass shit coins like BSV, who's being delisted over bullying threat to Bitcoin developers. This is out of Coindesk, and Daniel Palmer's going to tell us about it. Independent Reserve, one of the largest digital cur currency exchanges in Australia, says that it will delist the Bitcoin SV cryptocurrency due to controversial behavior by its team. In an announcement on Wednesday, the exchange said, quote, in light of recent events and community feedback, BSV and related trading pairs will be delisted. Coindesk reached out to clarify the reason for the move with CEO Adrian Presloni responding, quote, Bitcoin is the people's money. At its very core, the principles of openness and freedom, 
And these were also the founding values of the independent reserve. The behavior shown by the team behind BSV has been completely counter to these ideals, repeatedly spreading misinformation and making baseless threats against the community. Recent talk of legal action against developers working to improve the Bitcoin ecosystem proved to be the final straw. These are the actions of a bully, and they must stop. End quote. Presloni's uh, comments appear in part to reference threats by high-profile BSV proponent Craig Wright to sue entities hosting the Bitcoin white paper online, claiming he owns the copyright. Earlier this month, Wright sent takedown letters from his lawyers to several entities with Bitcoin Core uh, complying in the face of a costly legal battle. Wright controversially claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto, the inventor of Bitcoin, but has yet to prove his claim to the satisfaction of most in the community, okay, actually, honestly, anybody in the community, and media, bar some supporters of BSV. Wright also claims BSV is Bitcoin, making the claim that in the title of his blog, the Bitcoin white paper was originally released under a permissive MIT license, meaning anyone is free to use or distribute it. Since Wright sent out his legal letters, a number of notable entities have taken are, have taken the decision to host the white paper, including Square, the city of Miami, and the governmental websites of Columbia, Estonia, as well as Patrick McHenry's House of Representative website. Independent Reserve will halt trading of BSV on March the 28th, allowing a further six months for customers to withdraw any BSV holdings from their platform. Eh, I would just shut it down in a week, man. Screw them, honestly. Uh, God, fat man cometh. And if you don't know who the fat man is, I'm talking about Augustin Karstens. He's the head of the Bank of International Settlements. Uh, I hate Davos season, and I don't like Bilderberg season either, because all these assholes get together and say stupid things. He says that Bitcoin may, quote, break down. Bank for International Settlements head says, uh, Matthew DeSalvo Writing this one yesterday for Decrypt.co, uh, Bitcoin might break down altogether <clears throat> and is ultimately a risky investment, the Bank for International Settlements reportedly said today. The bank, which works as a bank for central banks, the central central bank, also said that only central banks should itch- issue digital currencies, according to a Bloomberg report today. Now, Fat Man has basically taken down his pants. They just want control. That's what they've always wanted, and they will tell you that it's good and righteous and in your best interest, and that they want to help us and protect us, and they have absolute, they don't care. If you think that they care, then you're naive and you are fooling yourself, and I don't know how to help you. With all the shit that's been done over the past decades, if you still believe that any of these people give shit one rat's ass about you or any of your kin or friends or anything, then you're lost. We, we, this, all this needs to be taken back, okay? BIS General Manager Augustin, Augustin Karstens, also known as Burgermeister Meisterburger, was also quoted saying in a speech between bites of a hamburger for the Hoover Institution, institution that Bitcoin becomes vulnerable to attacks as it closes in on its maximum supply of 21 million coin. Karstens has slammed Bitcoin previously in 2018. He described it as a combination of a bubble, a Ponzi scheme, and an environmental disaster. Bloomberg also reported that Karstens said stablecoins were troublesome because a private entity is responsible for backing the asset. 
Central banks, on the other hand, were in a much better place to work on digital currencies, and the BIS was researching the matter. Quote, if digital currencies are needed, central banks should be the ones to issue them, he was quoted as saying. Around the world, governments are looking into or trialing their own central bank digital currencies, which are essentially digital versions of a government's fiat currency. The Bahamas started rolling out the CBDC last year. I think they call it the starfish, while China is piloting a digital yuan. Uh, So, yeah, expect this never to stop. Uh, Never. It's never going to stop. Hell, let's look at what the Fed did. Yesterday, Fed continues monetary policy that aided Bitcoin's price rise. The Federal Reserve is keeping its interest rates near zero. What does that mean for Bitcoin? Nothing. Well, I mean, in the short term, it means stuff, but in the long term, no, it doesn't mean shit, man. Between Bitcoin and the the, the Bitcoin cyber hornets and the guys over at Wall Street Bets, it, and more and more people are going to start pouring in, is all I'm saying. And the more and more people, the more the larger the army gets in the combined armies of Bitcoin and people like Wall Street Bets, the more pressure we're going to be able to to raise against these assholes. And after a while, it just becomes untenable for these people to keep their positions. I told my son yesterday that by the time he gets to be my age, we probably will not have a United States president. That's a hell of a thing to say. Growing up the way that I grew up in the, in the places that I grew up in the conservative nature that I grew up in, that is one hell of a thing for me to say. But I'm literally looking square in the face at a bunch of dicks who really don't know what they're doing People will defend them to the death. They will go to their grave to defend these people. And I don't know why. I literally don't. Here we have the Federal Reserve, the central bank, said today at the collusion, or sorry, conclusion of its regular uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting that it would keep its key overnight interest rate near zero and make no change to its monthly bond purchases of at least $120 billion. Which, by the way, at this point... With the amount of money that they've pumped in, that's a rounding error, all right? In an expected move from the United States Central Bank, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell announced that it would keep its strategy in place at least until there's a bounce back from the COVID-induced recession, but added that there was great uncertainty ahead. Quote, the pace of the recovery is moderated in recent months, he said, adding the path ahead remains highly uncertain. That's not saying anything. The Fed also said that the coronavirus crisis was weighing on economic activity, employment, and inflation. Well done, Jerome. Keeping interest rates low make borrowing cheaper so people can go out, spend, and in in turn stimulate the economy. How? On lockdown. How? How can you go out, spend, and and, I mean, you can spend online, I suppose, but you're just going to buy from Amazon. Dude, see, telling you, man. Well, just like previous times the Fed announced it would keep interest rates at zeros, we were told that it would be likely investors could turn to alternative assets like Bitcoin. This is because interest-bearing investments like bonds or debt-based financial instruments aren't generating interest and would therefore be less attractive. Moreover, since lower interest rates tend to go together with higher inflation, Bitcoin becomes a hedge against devaluation of the dollar. Since the Fed announced last September that interest rates would remain near zero, the price of Bitcoin has rocketed by over 186%, and investors have been eyeing up assets like gold as a safe haven. 
with the United States Central Bank keeping its aggressive monetary policy in place, it looks as if the shift toward alternative assets, including Bitcoin, may well continue. They spelt Bitcoin wrong. They actually spelled it with a C, but, you know, I, I, I don't mind correcting them. I, I, really, I really don't. Now, <clears throat> speaking of getting into this, starting into this relationship between uh, Bitcoin and the Wall Street bets, we have narratives being spun up already that are trying to de denigrate Bitcoin in the face of the Wall Street bets. We have narratives being spun up against Wall Street bets, basically all by its lonesome, as you could well imagine. But they're <clears throat> basically they have at their and I'm talking they being the mainstream media and their <laughs> the collusive nature of Wall Street and uh, government, all working in concert have now <clears throat> discovered a tool, a potential tool, to denigrate Bitcoin at the same time that they try to take care of their little problem. I don't think it's going to work, but get a taste of what you can expect in the future. <clears throat> Could meme stocks like GameStop kill Bitcoin's rise by Lucas Matney from your good friends over at TechCrunch. Yeah, really? F these guys. Cryptocurrencies, more so than most other things, are only valuable because of a shared agreement that they are valuable. Their value is a product of digital handshakes over millions of transactions firming up that consensus. For Bitcoin, the trust that it was has worth uh, has turned more valuable in the past several months. It's been on a tear. That's a terrible sentence, dude. I can't even speak it. The very bizarre question <clears throat> is whether a new avenue of applying blind trust by brigading trash can level stocks and turning them into memes could threaten the appeal of cryptocurrencies for retail investors. <clears throat> trash can level stocks. That's part of the narrative. All right. I, I, like I said yesterday, I'm not a fan of GameStop because I don't think that their business model was going to work in the future. However, things have changed. They, at this point, have the leverage capability to make good plays in management, and it's not at all unlikely that GameStop could come back. But the fact that they're using the term trash can level stocks should light up every alarm bell, every single alarm bell, it, like in your mind, they're, the narrative cometh, all right? Over the past several days, we've seen stocks <clears throat> ranging from GameStop, Blockbuster, and AMC make unjustifiable gains, unjustifiable, as a result of Reddit users <clears throat> in the Wall Street Bets subreddit triggering a stampede towards stocks being heavily shorted by institutional investors. That, in turn, has led to a short squeeze troubling hedge funds, causing the price of a stock worth around 5 bucks for the majority of 2020 to swell to above $300 today. In some ways, it's just an Occupy Wall Street protest being held on Robinhood. In other ways, it's a complete rejection of the hypothesis of efficient markets and a reinvention of institutional trust. Bitcoin holds fundamental differences from publicly traded stocks, many of which might matter an awful lot to those betting on the coin as a currency of the future. But to retail investors who aren't hardcore proponents, I'd imagine FOMO was one of the most intriguing pulls into the cryptocurrency space. But if Bitcoin's purpose for the time being is merely a store of value, I think there's a world where individual investors might be evolving their interest elsewhere. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies haven't seen notable price movement in recent 
days. <laughs> Bitcoin is around is down around 6% in the past 24 hours, a hiccup as far as crypto move, moves go, but after recent weeks hovering well above 30,000 and peaking above 40, the currency seems poised to dip below 30,000 range soon unless its trend reverse courses. Oh my god. Oh my god, dip below 30, whatever shall we do? <clears throat> These people have literally no attention span. I'm, I'm saying, man, don't trust these guys. All that said, Bitcoin is certainly an entity of a different scale than all of these meme stocks bundled, bundled together with a market cap above $560 billion and a 24-hour trading volume of $56 billion. Bitcoin has seen stratospheric growth over the past few months, so barring an outsized crash, it's perhaps unlikely that retail investors are going to fully abandon it in favor of buying up crusty old shares of blockbuster stock. Now, that said, it's cheaper to trade these meme stocks and easier for retail investors to get leverage via options. In short, for, for investors looking to have a good time or shoot the moon, meme stocks are a more fun place to be than crypto is. The main thing to consider is what happens if GameStop, for no reason at all, becomes a long-term store of value. <laughs> when investors collectively begin placing blind trust in more financial assets for the long haul, does that devalue blind trust itself? and the mammoth entities that had more <clears throat> more of a monopoly on it? Well, most investors aren't expecting this to happen, but stocks like Tesla are beginning to live comfortably at ridiculous premiums that analysts can't understand. Tesla and GameStop are very different beasts, but if anything, I think institutions have a better grasp of GameStop's rise. <clears throat> to uh, The foil to all of this is whether the pandemonium births some regulatory backlash, a possibility that, of course, does not exist in quite the same way for cryptocurrencies from a central governance standpoint, TD Ameritrade, and Schwab are already limiting trades of some of these meme stocks today. And I think there is a certain there is certainly a universe in which the SEC aims to take a pot shot at this saga by means of promoting market sanity. And I'm much more confident that there's a world where Reddit is pushed to at least temporarily ban Wall Street bets for some unclear reason. And honestly, this whole thing ends with a tweet from Jennifer Epstein who says Biden team is monitoring the situation around GameStop. So here's the narrative. Trash your opponent by calling them names. Uh, then ridicule your opponent by making them seem stupid. That's the whole meme stock thing. The, the uh, calling names was uh, trash stocks. I'm surprised they actually didn't use the term stonks, but you know, whatever. The whole thing is rather, is rather ridiculous, honestly. Um, but that's the narrative that's being being spun up and, and the whole banning thing. We got to be really, really, really careful as we move forward with this whole thing, y'all, because this is just going to get out of hand. In fact, it's actually already out of hand. So let's just go ahead and run the numbers, shall we? CNBC commodities and futures. I got oil, West Texas Intermediate down a quarter, and I got Brent North Sea down 0.02%. Natural gas is down a full point and a half. Uh, we've got gold down 0.35. 
coming in at $1,838. And I got silver, uh, who's coming in at 0.35, although there was some buzz about silver yesterday. We may be able to hit that. I'm not sure. Platinum is down 0.5. Copper's down 0.7. And palladium is down 0.4. Now, indices, which I'm sure you've been waiting to see what happens. Nothing. It's sideways. In fact, for the S&P Mini, it's actually up almost uh, six-tenths of a point. Dow Futures is up almost 0.2. S&P Futures is just straight up sideways, 0.01. NASDAQ Futures is down 0.4 of a percent. But real money awaits, $31,661.36. That's going to be our high, and I got a low. Where is my low? Low's going to be over at HitBTC, $31,534. Not much wiggle room there. 323,760 transactions performed in the last 24 hours. That's about 13,500 transactions on average per hour with 650,000 BTC being sent uh, in that 24-hour period. That means that about right at 27,000 BTC are being sent every hour on the hour, and 2.01 BTC is the average transaction value, while 0.023 BTC is the median transaction value. Block times are slightly low, 9 minutes and 48 seconds. 0.59 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis, and 88 BTC taken in fees over the last 24 hours. A dip of 5.54% in hash rate brings us down to 148.5 exahashes per second. Let's look at Doge, which is 1.3 cents. That's right. No, 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 no. Not 0.008 or 003, which is where it used to be a long, long time ago. No, 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 no. One Doge is now worth 1.3 cents. So if you got 100,000 Doge, (laughs) I'm just saying, and we may get it. I I think I've got a a little bit on that, uh, a little clarity on this uh, later on in the show. But yeah, Wall Street Beats uh, moderator guy on Twitter said something about Doge, and it immediately sent this thing up. I'm telling you guys, man, if you're dismissing Wall Street Beats, you do so at your own risk. and if you have like any, you know, respect for these guys at all, I, you know, you, you might think about reaching out and saying, hey, our values seem to be aligned as Bitcoiners. Um, it, I don't know, invite them over to, Mast- to Bitcoin Mastodon. You know, invite, like, let's, let's see what these guys are truly about. I mean, either they're just like, either they're a lot like us or they're absolutely nothing like us. But one thing that you can't really get away from is that the minute that this guy mentioned Doge, it shoots up. It'll probably go back down. Just, just saying. But they meant somehow, somehow or another, there was mention mention of silver, which has a lot of short positions against it. And and yesterday, silver seemed to be making a move, but as we just saw in the futures, not so much. So I don't know exactly what happened with that. But let's see what Clark Moody has to say about the rest of the field. We have 21,000 transactions that are going to have to onboard into 63 blocks to clear. We have captured almost 5% of gold's market cap, and we stand at $587.6 billion for Bitcoin's market cap. One Bitcoin will buy you 17.1 ounces of gold, 
and there are 18,612,687.9 BTC in circulation at this time at a price of 31,550 according to Clark Moody's dashboard. Now there's 1,058.9 BTC in the Lightning Network. That's $33.4 million of capacity run over 8,521 nodes representing 37,362 channels. The percentage of Tor capacity risen slightly. 52.5% of the Lightning Network is run over the Tor Network and that contains 555.52 BTC and there are 3,217 Tor nodes. That's gonna do it for Vitals. I got a newsletter. Did you know that? If you didn't know that, I started a newsletter just because I just, I don't know, it just seemed like the uh, a way for me to function stack, as I sometimes call it. Um, that's a term for permaculture. Um, and, and basically leveraging what I covered on the uh, podcast on the day in a written format. And I just wanted to read what I, I wrote to, uh, wrote in the newsletter yesterday uh, because it's going to set the tone for all this GameStop uh, stuff going on. So this is from yesterday's uh, Nunya's newsletter. It's the Bitcoin news that you can use. Let's start with GameStop, shall we? What we are witnessing here has never been seen at this scale before, and it should scare the shit out of the legacy equity markets and provide the rest of us with an infinite supply of popcorn. It has become fairly apparent that GME stock prices have jumped from around 30 bucks a share to around 310 per share in a few days. Why? Because Reddit is pissed, that's why. It seems that Melvin Capital had a lot, and I do mean a lot, of short positions on GME, and the guys over at Wall Street Bets decided to decided to torpedo the company. Makes sense, as their boat had so much ballast on one side that it was listing an easy prey for 2.9 million degenerates, which is their word, not mine, who make up the subreddit. When the weapons safeties were released and the warhead made contact, Melvin Capital required 2.75 billion in cash. Yes, that's with a B to remain afloat. This cash infusion was provided by hedge fund companies Citadel and Point72. Melvin got lunched. As near as I can tell, the subreddit got wind of the gigantic short positions and decided that they were rather tired of this type of Wall Street chicanery and purposely sent a message in the form of a tactical nuclear launch demonstrating the power of a real-time singular communications channel and the organization of millions of human minds and their bank accounts trading accounts, and social media accounts. This is a message against the pervasive and ongoing noise Wall Street traders and the like inject into market pricing, making it impossible to know what a stock is actually worth, which is no different than what the Fed and other central banks have been facilitating for decades, which is price occlusion. And now it seems that it's AMC's turn for the rocket ride. Why? Because traders have massive short positions on this company as well. Why? Well, because COVID-19 shutdowns are destroying everything it touches, especially if it has anything to do with going out <clears throat> and a theater needs to make money by selling tickets to real people. And that hasn't been happening since March. Hence, you short that sucker and make billions on the woe and suffering, right? Wrong. At least that's what Wall Street Bets is saying. Along these lines, I wonder what the short positions on Darden Restaurants, DRI, 
might be, considering that they own Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, the Capitol Grill, Bahama Breeze, Seasons 52, Eddie V's, and Yard House brands, totaling north of $8 billion in sales, and that was in 2013. It would appear that BlackBerry and Express have short positions out on them as well, and both companies are up 16% and 214% respectively. Caitlin Long suggests that some of these shorts display the fact that entities are holding more paper than actual or <clears throat> than actual provable stocks, at least in the GME case. And here's the tweet. Caitlin Long says, per the GameStop stock drama, a pal flagged this fact. 138% of its float was sold short. There's the fraud, folks. A dishonest ledger system. It allowed more shares to be sold than actually existed Hashtag naked shorting, hashtag rehypothecation. And that's why we talk about rehypothecation, boys and girls. So that was Caitlin Long continuing with me. I can't see this as anything other than a savage coordinated attack on those who thought they could make out like bandits doing what they always do. Short the living shit out of the dying, but this time the tables are turned. This will not stop, and I do not think the contagion will remain in the asset class of equities. Time will tell what happens after this, but some speculate this could be a reason governments try and shut down social media in toto, a highly dubious proposition at best. The implications are myriad. If you're looking to put money somewhere, any stock that has a large short against it, even though the company should be dead already, is becoming a scary proposition. Going long? On what? With what money? Commercial real estate, bloodbath, other legacy financial instruments with Wall Street bets out there. Just wait till they find a gameable feature that could only be exploited by 3 million people working together in a collective fashion. Shit coins, <laughs> wreckage weights. Only Bitcoin makes any sense at this point. So if you ain't daily cost averaging in, you might want to start throwing 10, 20 or 50 bucks a week at it. You certainly don't need the money to buy popcorn. We got that in spades. So that's the end of the newsletter. If you want to subscribe to that, <clears throat> I post it every day on my Twitter feed. Um, you can DM me if you want to link to it. Um, I, I'm actually having a lot of fun writing it. Honestly, it's, it's kind of weird. I, I never thought that I would start writing something, but I'm honestly, it's, it's enjoyable. Um, however, for Wall Street and the uh, Wall Street media mouthpieces, GameStop continues to be not fun. Uh, we have a Yahoo Finance uh, article that I want to read uh, to start us off with the rest of this stuff. GameStop AMC saga make it a day for the history books. This is Miles Udland from Yahoo.Finance, or rather Finance.Yahoo.com. <clears throat> it's hard to think of a more chaotic set of circumstances than what befell the stock market on Wednesday. Oh, the horror. The day's main event was the continuing rally in highly shorted stocks fueled by attention from Reddit and by now almost certainly accompanied by big money investors piling in, sorry, piling into the strangest trade in years. Strangest. Part of, that's part of the narrative. Shares of GameStop gained 134% to close at $347.51. Last Wednesday, the stock closed at $39. Shares of movie theater operator AMC rose 301% on Wednesday to close at $19.90. Shares of the company responsible for liquidating Blockbuster's operations, 
uh, BB Liquidations or BLAI, well, sorry, BLIAQ is the ticker, uh, doubled. This is not an exhaustive list of the day's big winners. As Deutsche Bank's Jim Reed said in a note early Wednesday, quote, the question I have is whether this market dynamic is a fascinating curiosity or whether it's indicative of a larger problem for global markets in 2021, end quote. Oh, you betcha, pal. Wednesday yielded no firm answers. The SEC's statement on the matter was of little help. Some of those betting against GameStop did start to cut their losses. Melvin Capital, the hedge fund which took $2.7 billion in capital from Steve Cohen and Ken Griffin earlier this week said it got out of the short bet on GameStop Tuesday afternoon. Quote, we have closed our, out our position on GME. The so social media posts about Melvin Capital going bankrupt are categorically false. Now hold it right there. There's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of chatter going on about the fact that many people believe that this is a, a flat ass, straight up CNBC lie. That they came out and saying, "Oh, well, we closed our short positions." I don't think this is the case. Now, I'm not an expert in how those particular markets work, so I can't say for sure. But given what I've seen chatter of, there's no way that Melvin Capital was able to get out of this. Now, I, we nobody said that they are definitely bankrupt, but they are. There is so much chatter that says there's no way they could have gotten out of this as deep as they were. Um, that we'll have to find out what happens, and I think today will be uh, we'll we'll have some more information by the close of probably by the close of lunch, much less by the close of the markets. <clears throat> and yes. We're at the point in the cycle where hedge funds have to squelch rumors that they are going out of business. Andrew Left of Citroen Research also announced Wednesday morning he had covered a majority of his short on GameStop for a loss of 100%. Outside of these heavily shorted names, however, the stock market came under considerable pressure on Wednesday. All three of the major averages fell by more than 2%. The S&P 500 and Dow are now in the red for the year. Wow, dude, that's not good. The Reddit community has been focused on the short bets of Citroen Research and Melvin Capital, but these are not the only firms selling short some of the popular names that investors have piled onto or into on the long side. These shorts are called popular for a reason. When a stock you are selling shorts starts to rise in price, you are forced to either cover the short or post more collateral. Both require cash, often raised by selling stocks you own. As a result, recent high flyers were among the big losers on Wednesday. Netflix, Snap, and Alphabet fell more by or fell by more than five percent. Ship stocks fared even worse, and despite AMD's strong quarterly report Tuesday evening, the, oh my God, dude, that's amazing. The uh, PHLX semi, semiconductor index has more than doubled from March 2020 market low. This index is now down about 7% in the past five days. The Federal Reserve also announced its latest monetary policy decision on Wednesday, making no substantive changes in a statement. Uh, well, let's see, Fed Chair Jay Powell is remarkably dovish, said Paul Ashworth, an economist at Capital Economics. Ashworth adds that Powell was sanguine about the risks of rising inflation, but the day was not over with Powell's latest public statements. After the market closed on Wednesday, Facebook, Tesla, and Apple all reported their latest quarterly results. 
Facebook and Apple both crushed expectations. Tesla reported better than expected sales on earnings that missed estimates. All three stocks were lower, but little changed in after hours trading. An injection of some relative calm in this week's market, though there are still two days left to go. And honestly, today should be should be quite fun. <clears throat> we shall have to see what's going on. But I read an interesting uh, a, a re- interesting tweet thread about this whole short position thing with with GameStop, but basically short positions in general. And it was essentially that there's a situation where somebody, a market maker's got to kind of back this play. Uh, somebody wants to short. Somebody needs to come up with a stock to uh, let them borrow too short. That person being the market maker then needs to look at things called delta and gamma. We won't get into it. But basically, their ratio relationships between the price of the stock in question and um, you know what the short position is. And when these guys over at Wall Street Bet started buying the stock, it caused both Delta and Gamma to go to rise uh, together. And when that happened, the people that were making the market were forced to buy the underlying asset to make sure that they were covered in case this shit went south. So now you've got buying pressure from not only the guys that are trying to long this crap just to screw over Melvin Capital, but you've got the market makers that are helping Marvin Capital start working against Melvin Capital because they have to, to cover their ass. So now you've forced out of the three players in this, you've got the market maker, you've got Melvin Capital, and then you've got these plebs over, 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 over on Wall Street Bets. And the plebs put, put the market maker in a position to act in concert with the plebs and basically bend Melvin Capital over a table. That's what happened. And it's going to happen again. I don't see this shit stopping anytime soon. But be that as it may, again, we'll, we'll have to see what actually happens. <clears throat> now, the WSB mod, which is at WSB mod, this is one, according to the Reddit website or the, the Reddit subreddit for Wall Street Bets, this is the only guy that speaks for that particular Reddit subgroup. He's one of them, but he's not like the leader. He just happens to be the one that the Reddit sub, that the subreddit actually said on Twitter, this is the guy. So WSB Mod, which is a verified account on Twitter, says, quote, <clears throat> there are widespread reports that retail brokers such as TD Ameritrade will restrict trading for individual investors today. Again, this is all about GameStop. When will regulators restrict the illegal naked shorting of stocks by hedge funds, which is the root cause of this mayhem? GME now showing 250% short. How the hell do you short 150% over the amount of stock that is was issued? That's what Caitlin Long was saying in her tweet yesterday about finding 138% float. That was there's 40% more shares than were printed by GameStop being in play. It's 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 fractional reserve at this point. They're just doing the same shit that banks do. And now that position has grown to a 250% short. This was tweeted out today at 6 a.m. my time, and I'm on Central Standard Time in the United States. If you want to figure out where you are, uh, you you can use that. But at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, this thing went out. 
and GME is showing a 250% short. Okay, so then how the hell did Melvin Capital get out of their short positions? How did they close their short positions? Did somebody else come in and say, oh man, this is going to be a great trade? After what happened yesterday? Are you shitting me? Bullshit. Melvin Capital and all the people that are backing them have doubled down for today. And that's why today is going to be really telling as to what happens. So be aware, be on your toes. Because even Dogecoin might go to a dollar. I know it's a shit coin. I get it. But this is, you'll see here in a second. Just hold on. Reddit turns to Doge after GameStop surges 1,600% in two weeks. William Suberg is writing this for Cointelegraph. Um, <clears throat> Dogecoin is up 80% in a day, and trading volume has spiked more than 800% as the altcoin sees a publicity surge with a familiar source. Uh, data from Cointelegraph Markets, CoinMarketCap, and TradingView show a transformation taking place in the Doge ecosystem overnight on January the 27th, with, with Doge hitting 0 0.0138 or point or rather one cent or well, I'm sorry, 1.38 cents US. In a matter of hours on Thursday, the pair, the pair added over 80% to its spot price before correcting, still holding one cent support at the time of writing. The gains accompanied a similar surge in interest on social media with Twitter activity up by more than 300%, the source, it appears, is the same Reddit group that sparked a dramatic but highly controversial bull run in the stock price of U.S. consumer electronics firm GameStop. A parody Twitter account posing as the moderator of Wall Street Bets queried, has Doge ever been to a dollar? This is the parody account. And the parody account mentions Doge and this shit happens. That's just be, be aware, people. Subsequently, the hashtags Dogecoin and Dogecoin into $1 began trending among users in the United States, referencing a long-held dream among the altcoins investors. Dogecoin already has something in common with GME. Both assets have, uh, having seen publicity tweets from Tesla CEO, the world's richest man, Elon Musk, in recent weeks, as Cointelegraph reported, Musk's tongue-in-cheek endorsement of Doge was enough to induce serious price action. On Reddit itself, users attempted to insert hints to invest in the meme-based altcoin, despite dedicated posts being removed by Wall Street Bets moderators. As the fear of repercussions mounts over GameStop's performance, meanwhile, cryptocurrency proponents argue that Reddit users combining forces to outpace unprepared institutions are simply playing by the rules of capitalism. Quote, I know this GameStop stuff is funny, but you have to remember this is hurting real people who own multiple boats. Kevin Farzad, a member of the music group Sure Sure, added GME gained 200% on Wednesday with after-hour trading seeing a reversal of around 15% from the top. Overall, the stock is up 1,600% since January the 12th. I'm telling you, man. <clears throat> so, the, so okay, so here's, what, here, here's what's going on. This, you need to know this about Wall Street Bets and this parody Twitter account. There's, uh, I think it's like, it's WSB CEO uh, moderator is actually not a, an approved account. It's only that at WSB mod account that is actually approved by the actual subreddit. Uh, so be careful who you're listening to on Twitter and go make sure that you're listening to the right person. Otherwise, you're going to get shit like this. 
where you've got this this rogue parody account coming out of Wall Street bets, and we don't even know if they're out of Wall Street bets. It, you don't know. I don't know. There's no way to verify that shit. He says Doge, and all of a sudden I got one cent Doge in a day. I'm telling you, we have to be very, very careful here. And I'm not talking about the fact that I'm worried about people that own multiple boats getting hurt. I don't give a shit. I really don't. I hope it's painful, honestly, and for some of these billionaire types that, you know, really didn't bring anything to the damn party and somehow or another ends up with like eight houses and 12 yachts. Fuck those guys. No, I'm talking about like just basic people. This is a match that can light multiple fires. One is irrational behavior in uh, Bitcoin. It can ignite... uh media wars against all of us together, which is nothing new to us. We've been around for a while, so it's like whatever, but it's just more and more pressure. Um, you know, just, so I'm saying you're just going to have to be careful and be careful where, where careful can be careful. Discord bans Wall Street bets, the group that boosted GameStop. This is Jeff Benson writing for decrypt.co. Discord, a group chat application, has banned the server associated with Wall Street Bets, the group of dilettante day traders who have banded together to push the price of GameStop stock over 1,000% in two weeks. Before this month, Wall Street Bets was a little-known subreddit for everyday people to talk about stocks, but according to Discord, chatter for the group over on Discord was hateful and discriminatory. Narrative. In a statement to the Financial Times and other media outlets, a Discord spokesperson wrote, quote, The Wall Street Bet server has been on our trust and safety team's radar for some time due to occasional content that violates our community guidelines, including hate speech, glorifying violence, and spreading misinformation. To be clear, we did not ban this server due to financial fraud related to GameStop or other stocks. <clears throat> While this ex explanation is plausible, the timing raise, raises eyebrows. The Securities and Exchange Commission, without naming GameStop or Wall Street bets, referred to the situation in a one-sentence public statement today. Quote, we are aware of and are actively monitoring the ongoings, ongoing market volatility in the options and equities markets and, consistent with our mission to protect investors and maintain fair, orderly, and efficient markets, we are working with our fellow regulators to assess the situation and review the activities of regulated entities, financial intermediaries, and other market participants, end quote. And Adina Friedman, listen to this, okay? This, pay attention. Pay attention. Adina Friedman, the chief executive officer of the NASDAQ Stock Exchange, told CNBC Today there's an open question whether social media boosted buying sprees fit the regulatory definition of pump and dump schemes. Financial regulation of social media. I'll say it again. Financial regulation of social media. Don't laugh. It may be coming. Meanwhile, it's hard for the public to get a read on what's going on inside Wall Street bets. As of today, Reddit, the Reddit group is invite only. Quote, we are experiencing technical difficulties based on unprecedented scale as a result of the newfound interest in Wall Street bets. The subreddit page now reads, we are unable to ensure Reddit's content policy and the WSB rules are enforceable without a technology platform that can support automation of this enforcement. WSB will be back. 
This all comes amid a quickly changing landscape for social media and internet forums. Purges of QAnon and alt-right accounts on Twitter led users to find safe havens elsewhere, such as on Parler and Gab, but also to messaging apps. The ability of tech platforms to unilaterally sanction speech, hateful and violent or otherwise, has been has even some tech CEOs concerned, given the ubiquity of a handful of platforms. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, a proponent of Bitcoin, has initiated the Blue Sky Initiative to create a decentralized social media standard. Yeah, guys, we already have that with Mastodon. If you're not on Mastodon, go learn how to use it. Uh, I am Nunya Business at BitcoinHackers.org. Uh, go to my page, and I've got a pinned tweet on how to use Mastodon and and not be sad. Continuing on, a recently released ecosystem review for Blue Sky, authored by former Zcash software engineer Jay Graber or Graber, explored federated servers such as Mastodon, as well as Reddit alternatives such as Ether, which is A E T H E R. Such systems would guard against censorship of groups like Wall Street Bets, leaving them free to pump whatever stock they wish in whatever manner they wish. Consequences and hedge funds be damned. Okay, here's the thing with with Wall Street Bets Reddit. It did go private last night for about an hour. And the message was essentially from a message from one of the Wall Street Bets mon, uh, moderators basically stated that they were taking the site the subreddit private for a few for a little while because they had been asked by the, the other moderators and the people that are adminning the, the site that there was way too much chatter going on and they weren't able to ban quote unquote new accounts for coming in and trying to sabotage, which is what happened to their discord. Somebody apparently they had been monitoring discord. The, the wall street bets guys were doing their best to keep hateful speech and all that kind of shit so that uh, off of it so that they wouldn't get closed down yet apparently and they had a bunch of bots do that for them but apparently somebody figured out a way to use icelandic characters in like ascii characters in I, like icelandic okay icelandic ascii characters apparently look enough like english that you can say hateful shit and it will get by the bots and apparently i, I can't confirm but that's what happened a bunch of people figured that out, got in, and started saying all kinds of racist and hateful shit. And the moderators for uh, from Discord got a hold of it and said, let's just go ahead and take it down. In my opinion, I think that was a coordinated move. I think that the people that made the Icelandic hate speech and posted on the Discord were working for the people that don't like Wall Street bets. And I believe Discord was able to say, oh, thank God, now I don't have to talk to any anybody like the CEO of NASDAQ or Janet Yellen or the SEC. We can just go ahead and ban them because we have this reason. I think that that's what happened. I'm not sure. I can't, and I can't be sure. But uh, that's actually, that ends up doing it for the Wall Street Bets news of today, today uh, for, well, basically up until today, we don't know what the hell's going on yet, except for the fact that 250% of game stock stop stock is being shorted, which means that they're shorting well over the entirety of the amount of stock that is actually printed by 100% plus 50% on top of that. So if that rehypothecation doesn't make you want to just rip your hair out, nothing will, and you'll just deal with getting screwed over by your financial system for the rest of your life. And that's why I'm saying maybe we should start reaching out to these people and figuring out a way to team up.
and I don't mind saying that, screw the hedge funds, screw Melvin Capital, screw them all, burn it the fuck down. I'm sorry to say that because I know a lot of people might, you know, it's not that a lot of people might get hurt. It's that people who aren't paying attention will get hurt. If you're not holding something that cannot be seized like Bitcoin, that cannot be censored like Bitcoin, that cannot be fucked with like Bitcoin. Because, I mean, it's like it is it is the one asset that is the least likely to be screwed with. Out of all the things on the face of this planet that can be taken, confiscated, censored, trashed, destroyed, shorted, otherwise screwed over, Bitcoin is the last one in that line. It's the very last one. It is the hardest money anybody's ever seen. And given the shit that we saw yesterday, the hardest money you've ever seen is the hardest money you want to run to. And I mean run as fast as you can. So if you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs, wondering what the hell's going to happen next, I'm going to tell you. Whether by Wall Street bets or other groups of people that band together or whatever, even without all those groups, your federal governments around the world are going to inflate everything that you've saved away to nothing before you can retire, if retirement is in your future. There's a lot of people I know that are like, why would I retire? I just don't want to sit in a chair and stare at a wall. I want to go do shit. And, you know, they'll still work is what I'm saying. Uh, They may just not work at what they retired from. But still, they're, you know, very, I I think that the people that just want to play golf all day in their retirement are just, what a waste of life. I'm just saying. Because, you know, You're going to see the same shit happen in like our world that you saw in 2000, you know, well, before 2008. And it goes something like this. And this is how they're going to trash all your shit that's not Bitcoin. Tranching helped fuel 2008 financial crisis. And now it's coming to DeFi. I kind of reported on this, but here's a better write up from Jeff Benson out of Decrypt.co. This was posted yesterday. In its recently released 2020 Q4 review, Consensus Codify, a product suite for commercial applications and decentralized finance, took a trip down memory lane, chronicling the developments of October through December, and it then looked ahead to 2021 by throwing something crazy out there, tranche lending. If you haven't heard of it, tranche lending is a method of tackling variable interest rates in DeFi the suite of tools that allow people to access loans, earn interest, and swap assets without a financial institution say so. Outside of crypto, tranches were used in the mortgage-backed securities that helped fuel the 2008 financial crisis. A tranche explained uh, report. A tranche explained report authors James Beck and Tom Hay lets users deposit assets that are then lent out to the other users via lending protocols such as Aave or Compound, but they get to decide how risky the pool is. For example, deposits into tranche A might receive a fixed interest rate, whereas deposits into tranche B can earn extra interest if the realized APY goes above the fixed rate or less if it falls below. In other words, tranches allow users to choose a sure thing or gamble on more. Barnbridge and Saffron Finance are two protocols getting ready to roll out tranche lending. Barnbridge co-founder Troy Murphy told Decrypt it expected to release its product this quarter, pending external audits, which honestly don't happen in DeFi. It's 
It's all bullshit, but it's coming. Saffron Finance has not yet been audited and probably will never be. As Beck and Hay note, tranche lending exemplifies just how composable all these innovations are. Innovations, my ass. The team who devised the tranche lending system did not come from Compound or Aave, yet they built an entirely brand new product on top of the existing lending protocols. There is looming downside from that composability, however. In the run-up to the 2008 financial crisis, tranches of junk mortgage-backed securities and were repackaged as CDOs, which were further sold. CDOs, or collateralized debt obligations, were agreements to pay investors based on their tranche. Tranche A would get funds first, for instance, while the tranches down the line would be the likeliest to lose out. They seemed okay, but such financial products didn't exist in vacuums. They were impacted by other economic forces. Uh, the quote, the more varied various financial products rely on one another, the more intertwined the risks of these products become. Beck and Hay wrote, if one of the underlying protocols fails, they present a systemic risk to the other related products that interact with the protocol. Barnbridge's Murray believes many of the problems in 2008 really came not from financial instruments, but from credit agencies, organizations typically paid by the security issuer to, to assess the risk of the process. Quote, in a system that can be audited on the fly like DeFi, a lot of that risk is mediated bullshit out because you don't have a central player who can be corrupted to rate something one way or another because their incentives aren't aligned correctly, he told Decrypt, which is what happened in 2008. If anything, DeFi is a huge improvement on that. It wasn't the financial instrument that was bad. It was the bad human actors. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's just... This space is so full of surprising assholes. Either way, say Beck and Hay, humans need to understand how these products work, given how complex they are. Yeah, that's why they're never going to understand how they work. And that's what happened in 2008. And yes, it was the rating agency's fault, but it was also the fact that these people were buying shit that they had no clue what it was composed of. There was no way because it was too complex. Okay, that actually happened. If you don't understand that, go read the book, The Big Short, or go, or at least just go watch the movie. It's a very good movie. Uh, it, ending this off, in fact, they wrote, it's imperative to avoid significant financial loss. What, really, you think? Filing that under, duh. Okay, that's going to do it for the morning roundup. All right, I'm going to leave you guys with a joke. Dad says, jokes. The police arrested my daughter, claiming she had burnt her house down, but it was arson. Get it? Ah, it's good. Okay, okay, look. I got shit to do. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.